Do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie. And I'm Ashley Flowers the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. Explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Ruined. This is Hallie. And this is Allison. Ooh, we almost got her. <laughs> One she day. pulled it out at the last second. <laughs> I do know my name. Ruin, of course, is your uh, friendly neighborhood podcast where we ruin the premise of a horror movie every episode. So if you don't like that, we got we got to get out now. You got to yeah. stop this. If you don't want the ending of this next movie spoiled, uh, listen to something else. But then come back and watch the movie. Listen to us. I'm not going to tell you to listen to something else, but you know, please don't. Yeah, just sit there in dead silence. Yeah, sit in silence and just wait until you're ready and think about what you've done. <laughs> Now, recently, if you're uh, a fan of the pod, uh, we've done a bunch of phenomenal movies, but movies that didn't necessarily have a traditional twist. And that's something that we always really wanted to um, highlight with Ruin when we started the podcast. And so this week, we are doing a movie with a classic twist, and that is, of course, the movie The Boy. The Boy. We just had Allison watch the trailer because we like to get, like, sort of a take her temperature on her thoughts about the trailer. Uh, Allison, what did you think about The Boy? I when you, when we first were talking about doing this movie, I was like, I don't know what that is, and I assumed it was like a really like weird indie like cool like art house movie. And then Ooh, I saw the, and then like the first second of the, I was like, oh, I remember seeing the trailers for this. It looks uh, terrifying and and but also stupid, but t- but scary. My favorite kind of horror movie, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, and we like to take a baseline scary based again solely on the trailer. Allison has not yeah. seen this film based on the trailer. Of, for the boy, how do you feel about a haunted doll, Allison? I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like dolls in general are so scary. And this one in particular, you know, I think we've we've said it in chatting before, but like it looks like Jared Kushner. It really does. It, it really, really does. does in a way that I'm, it makes the movie so much scarier, <laughs> even though he's like, He's both not a terrifying figure and an extremely terrifying figure. Right, yeah, like, he's so delicate and, like, has a poreless face. But also, it's, like, blank in this really uh, uh, terrifying, uncanny valley type of way, which is how we feel looking at Jared Kushner. Yeah, he is very Polar Express, you know. I just feel like anyone over the age of 18, you have, like, a little something breaking up your face. You know what I mean? Like, you have a little stubble. You have freckles. You have Jared Kushner. I don't know if he's getting facials every day. Like, his skin, he looks like he's glowing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he looks like he's always been face-tuned in real life. Which, like, but, like, not in a good way. Like, right, not like in, in a way, like, where way. I see a picture of, like, Rihanna, and I'm like, that's, like, right. what I wish Facetune would do to me, or whatever. Like, with him, it's like, this looks wrong. Like, right, there's yeah. something very, it reminds me of, like, Thomas the Tank Engine, but evil. Yes, Exactly. I, I don't like, know the why. the face shouldn't be there, or, yeah, there should be, like, so, right. like a devil's face. I don't it's know. Like, it feels like if you turned him sideways, there, you wouldn't see anything because he's just a flat piece of paper. Yeah. Like, everything's very two-dimensional. Right, he's flat Stanley, but evil. Flat yeah. Stanley just loves to travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this doll child reminds mm-hmm. me of him and has the same kind of vibe, and I don't love a scary doll. Well, I'm very excited for you because... The doll in The Boy does have a Jared Kushner vibe. He's yeah. Not, well, he's not there for a good time. Also, if anyone dies, of course, they have a similar vibe. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, and, and since there is such a classic twist, Allison, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. I mean, I'm gonna, it's based on what I saw in the trailer mm-hmm. and just kind of like the general tone of like a movie like this. You know, I'm going to guess that the doll is alive somehow. Love it. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just alive. take a stab? Just like uh, Maybe like uh, the ghost of a dead child inhabits mm-hmm. it. All right. Mm-hmm. You know I love it. I, you know, loves it. 
We open on a beautiful British countryside mansion. You know, dark wood, grandfather clocks. Fabulous. Chandelier. Just, you know, it makes me look at my place and I'm like, what a dump. This is old (laughs) money. And our protagonist, Greta, has arrived at the house to uh, take her job as the nanny. Okay, also, who's the actress? She was a little familiar. You know, I'm going to look up her name because I agree. She's of a category of actress where I was like, I've seen her before, but, but she's like, a white brunette, and that could be one literally of literally anybody. People. Yeah. Let's see. The actress is Lauren Cohen. And she sounds like somebody I went to college with. You did. It says her I, her only credit on IMDb went to college with Allison. Doesn't even have your last name in here. <laughs> They're just That's like, rude. you know which one. <laughs> okay, so um, she's, from, she's Maggie on The Walking Dead. Okay, never seen it. Shocker. Okay. Oh, so now we have to go to her IMDb and s- tell you what you have seen? <laughs> okay, Whiskey Cavalier, Mile 22, The Mindy Project. Oh, that's probably where I know her from. She has a lot of credits. She's done a lot of stuff. The Vampire Diaries. She's been out in a rant. Like, she definitely is familiar, but not in a yes. way where I'm like, I know who that is. And I guess that isn't that the best kind of celebrity? Yeah. It's like, you can go to the store. Be. Yeah. Anyway, she's great in this. She's given yes. it her all. And it re- this movie does rely a lot on Greta's reaction to things and what she does and does not do. Some things, she has a, a reaction that I, I find unfathomable, but how would you, else would you have a horror movie? With a I mean, also, doll? like, the fact that this actress has to play against a doll for mm-hmm. what I assume is most of the movie uh, is a tough challenge. Um, so Greta shows up, unaware of the challenge she's entering into, a chauffeur has dropped her off and said, oh, the Hilshers, the, the couple um, whose house this is, they're out, but they said, you know, go ahead and get comfortable. And we're to understand she's going to be the live-in nanny of their son. She's an American, and, and, you know, she was sort of seeking something different, maybe something a little farther away from home for reasons that we'll get into. Is this into. in the U.K.? This is in the U.K., in. and it's okay. like, yeah, like in the countryside, like, sure. you know, there's not even like a small town. Like, they are in the middle of nowhere. She also does not have a car. And mm-hmm. we find out in short order that the house does not have Wi-Fi or, like, a very good signal. And there also doesn't seem to be a TV, which to me would be a deal breaker in accepting a nanny job. What do you even do all day? Well, at a I mean, point, I guess your job for some of it, but. Yes, I guess technically you have to, quote, unquote, keep a, child, a child alive. Yeah. Cool. But I agree. And at a certain point, so she calls, she, her sort of lifeline is her sister. So she, her sister Sandy. So we see her calling her sister to be like, this place doesn't even have Wi-Fi. And it, she says, would you send me more magazines? And it seems like Greta has only brought magazines. Oh, which girl, read a book. Which is a very, if you know that you're becoming a nanny and you aren't necessarily going to have access to technology, and you've only brought four magazines? I don't know. It sounds to me like you expect something to happen where you won't be there for the length of a whole book, you know? Yeah, that's very fair. And, and to be fair, they do mention at some point that she's only going to be there, like, uh, like not a whole year. So this is like a short-term gig. Okay. So maybe she's thinking, okay, I, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to read books. I'm going to take care of this kid. I'm going to, like, save my money. I'm not going to mm-hmm. spend on things. Sure. We forget reasons that we will uh, address in a, in a couple minutes. So she walks, she's walking around the house. She takes off her shoes because it's like that kind of place, you know. And um, <laughs> she interrupts Malcolm in the kitchen. And Malcolm is the handsome owner of the grocery store in town who hand delivers the groceries. And each grocery, there's no plastic. Like it's like a bundle of carrots with like a beautiful top. You know, it's yes. like yeah. a, a, a baguette. Like, yeah, it's in, in, in the wooden crates. And it's like, this is how we should be shopping. I know. That always looks so luxurious. And immediately he's like hitting on her. Like, which I, hey, you know, it's a small town. You probably don't meet a lot of people. So he's like, oh, okay. He He's not good at it though. So he asks, he's like, you know, I have, I have a touch of the gift. Um, if you give me your chewing gum, I can read, you know, sort of who you are. So she gives him her gum and he's like, oh, you know, you're an author. You're from Montana. Um, you know, I could see you came here to write your novel. And she says, no, because he's obviously joking. And then he's like, reads the gum again. He's like, oh, I read that you have a dark past and you're on the run from someone. And Greta's face just falls. And then she's like, I, I, should, I should get back. I should just wait for the Hillshires. Um, I'm still having a problem with the gum. But yeah, I mean, that's. I guess if you're a small town handsome grocer, and I guess this is what we've learned from Hallmark and Lifetime movies. 
even if you're the hottest person in your, I guess if you're the hottest person in a small town, you don't have to re- acquire social skills. Yeah, that's true. Because there's you just only have like to twelve kind of be you. around. Exactly. You run a grocery store. You're a catch. You don't, you're not used to having to make an effort, and right. he does something weird out of the gate. So finally, Miss Hilshire comes home and takes Greta to see their son Brahms. And uh, already a scary name. Yes. And so, you know, but she's like, why are you taking your shoes off? That must be an American thing. So Greta, you know, sort of flustered, goes to put her shoes on, and the shoes are gone from the foyer. Mm. And Mrs. Hilshire said, oh, it's probably Brahms. He's so playful. We'll find them. So Mrs. Hilshire takes her upstairs, and they meet up with Mr. Hilshire. And they will, they are an older couple to have a child that, from a big family portrait, appears to only be about um, seven or eight this and they're like in their like seventies or eighties. Yeah. So okay, a lot of questions. There. Again, not that. Listen, we have the technology. Why not? You know what I mean. I mean these people don't have Wi-Fi. I don't think they were like using IVF. Right. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> that's a fair point. But yeah, that's the first thing that you're like, huh? That seems like maybe more of like a grandson's age. Yes. And they say, oh, we're gonna take you to meet Gra- uh, Brahms. He's so excited he's never met an American before. They take Greta into the room to meet Brahms, and unfortunately, Brahms is a doll. He is no. a large porcelain face doll, about the, not, I mean, like maybe like three fourths of a size of like an eight year old boy. So it's a, a big doll, but um, a doll nonetheless. And um, Greta laughs out loud because she thinks, oh, they're, they're just playing a joke and Brahms is hiding or whatever. Right. And the Hillshire just stare at her. Allison, they're not joking. No, of course they're. These people don't seem like they're like, gotcha. Anyway, here's our 18 year old son. We need somebody to keep an eye on. Like they're definitely. Right. Yeah. Serious. And that doll, that doll is also too scary to be a bit. Yeah, it was like oh, like a like a, a a doll, like a teddy bear or something. It's like haha, and it's like no, that doll, someone made this doll to be their son. You know, like somebody, yeah. this doll was made for nefarious purposes, right? And so, not Greta's clearly not sure what to do. But then Malcolm, you know, comes in. It's like oh, you've met Brahms, and he plays along. And so Greta's like, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and play along that this is a real boy. Allison, I'm going to call it out. Mistake number one. Fatal mistake number one. Yeah, just leave. I don't under... I mean, like, of course, there's no movie without, you know, people doing things. But, like, I'm always just like, this is when I would just be like, I, this is kind of too much for me. Yeah. And so um, Greta, at least for the moment, is uh, playing along. So Mrs. Hilscher sort of walks her through Brahms' routine. You will wake him at 7 o'clock each morning and you will dress him. Brahms has three hours of lessons, five days a week, and I like to start by reading some poetry. Do you know any, Miss Evans? Play him music, and when they play the music, she's like, Brahms likes it really loud, so they have to, like, blast this classical music. How much is she getting paid for this? Like, is it a lot of money? It's an obscene amount of money. Okay. Which is, of course, that's in every horror movie. It's like, why would you do this? Because you need money. Right, she's not making, like, $14 an hour to watch a doll. Right, she's making a crazy amount of money for— I got it. You know, let's say three to six months of work or, you know. And she's, like, again, not spending it. So I think in her mind, she's like— I guess I'll watch a doll if you're paying me whatever $5,000 a week or what what have you. Um, so they walk around the grounds and they sort of make sure to tell her, you know, we have these rat traps because if we don't catch the rats, they get into the walls. Oh, that's So fun. I think we're going to think like, oh, we're going to hear th- some things in the walls and she's going to think, oh, they're just the rats. rats. And also like just the rats? No. Oh, it's just those, <laughs> those thousands of rats oh, just teeming rats in the walls. Just running free inside the walls of a home. Nothing to worry about. And also, like, they don't throw away scraps because that attracts vermin. So they have to, like, freeze their food and then they dispose of it. Uh, Malcolm takes it and recycles it or whatever. Yeah. And once they're outside and away from Mrs. Hilshire, Mr. Hilshire says, you know, I don't I don't really know how it got to this place. But no matter what it looks like from the outside, our son is here. Like, he is with us. So he's kind of like, I know this is a doll. Yeah. I think he's saying both this is a doll and also my son is still here. So I think he's trying to explain to her, yes, we're taking care of that doll. We know that's not literally physically our son, but our son is here in in some capacity. Okay. Okay. And Greta's like, oh, man, this this sucks. Like, I don't know. But, you know, know, they seem very nice. And, like, it's sort of like how much do you want to play into, like, this couple who something tragic has happened in their lives. And we don't know exactly. But something has happened. And in order to cope with it, they have— entered into a scenario for the last 20 years or, you know, however long. Right. For, to to live a life that no one should live. 
And so Greta's like, do I want to play along with it to make money? Well, guess what? She's going to because, of course, why, we would have a movie if she didn't. Right. Also, she's already there. I mean, right. you know. And also, yeah, she brought her movie. four magazines, so it's like, unpack. Yeah. I already brought my four magazines. This is easily going to take me like three months to read, so I'm fine. <laughs> and so she calls her sister Sandy. I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm taking advantage of them. And Sandy, Sandy's the one who's like, you need the money. You need it to get away. Like, just do it. Like, you're not going to be there forever. Enjoy yourself. Talk to this guy, Malcolm, that you've already brought up. And, like, you right. should absolutely um, go out with. And this is when we find out that the reason that Greta has fled America is that she has a very abusive ex named Cole. And Cole has been coming by her sister's house and, like, violating a restraining order and, like, trying to find out where Greta is. And so another reason that Greta's going to say there is like, well, I I can't go home. And like, I, right. I, I she had just got herself out of this situation. That's also not safe. Exactly. So, yeah. So, okay. yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, it's sort of like her, maybe her, like her boundaries of what is safe and normal are, have already been like so violated that it's like, I'd rather stay here and pretend this doll is a human boy than enter back into a scenario where something might happen. Yeah, where there's like actual real threats of violence. Exactly. Um, next thing you know, the Hilchers are going on vacation and they're leaving her uh, to take care of Brahms. And they're like, oh, it's so great. We've been looking for a nanny forever. And finally, we get to go away to the seaside. So, you know, you're going to take great care of him. And Mr. Hilcher says, be good to him and he'll be good to you. Be bad to him. And and Mrs. Hilcher interrupts him and says, of course she'll be good to him. Okay. So, you know. Mm. Unfortunately, oh, also as, as Mr. Again, like, girl, take a hint. As they're leaving, Mrs. Hilshire whispers in Greta's ear, I'm so sorry. Like, I'd be like, I don't even know what you're referring to, but I'm going to have to go ahead and go live at the grocery store now because I can't stay here. Yeah. Like, I'm out. So as soon as they leave, Greta, like, throws a blanket over Brahms, and it's like, he's a doll, I'm not going to do this shit. She, like, pours herself a glass of wine. She makes a PB&J. She sits Ooh. down with her magazines. She, you know, she puts out some tunes. You know, she's like, it's a doll. I'm not going to, like... Take, right. talk, talk to it like it's a boy when they're not here, you know? Right, and it's like, if these people don't have Wi-Fi or television, like, it's not like that house is outfitted with, like, a security system and cameras where they could, like, be checking up on her. Exactly, and if they are, another reason to leave, you know? Yeah, it does remind me of when I was cat-sitting in L.A. for a week for this, like, work acquaintance of a work acquaintance, so, like, a complete stranger to me, and she had two cats, and I was, like going, and she was like, when you go to work, will you just leave the TV on this YouTube channel of birds for eight hours? And I was like, oh, um, no. Yeah. And like, I remember when I was talking to my friend, uh, the very funny Jared Logan, he was like, yeah, she's not going to know if you did that or not. Like you don't have, the cats aren't going to tell on you. So right. I understand her like not wanting, her being like, fuck it, it's a doll. For a second, I thought you were going to say that they did, they were watching you and they did yell at you for not. Oh, yeah. Putting well, also, the, birds. the cat got out and also uh, a, possum, a possum knocked over a bag of seed in her backyard. And like all of those were my fault for some reason. So it was a, it was a disastrous cat sitting experience. But well, Allison, we do know that you control all possums. <laughs> you are the possum queen. Have we not talked about how you're the possum queen? I am. On it's this like weird podcast? that it doesn't come up more often, but surprise, I am the possum queen. Well, I mean, with, with quarantine, you know, none of us even get to see the possums. I know. I'm by myself just controlling them from my one bedroom. Greta falls asleep, having the time of her life, drinking her wine, and she wakes up. It's the evening, and she goes back to bed, and she sees that the blanket covering Brahms has fallen off onto the floor. Which is a little odd, because she absolutely covered him with a blanket. But, again, you know, she yeah. will keep him moving. And she um, throws him into his room. And there, it's starting to rain. And the rain, the shadow of the rain falls on Brahms' face, and it looks like he's crying. Okay? Mm. In the morning, Greta wakes up to the sound of a child crying. No, absolutely not. And uh, she runs into Brahms' room. And it's just the doll. But there's... Tears trickling down his face. And she touches it, but we realize, oh, it's actually the leaky roof. She's like, oh, thank God. This place is falling apart, but it's just water from the ceiling. He's not crying. I, I you know, I was just scared for a minute. Oh. And so she... I don't like any of this. <laughs> exactly. So she puts him to bed. She calls her sister. Sister's not home. She gets a call back. And it's just a man breathing on the phone. So she immediately assumes, oh, fuck, it's Cole. Like, he somehow got this phone number. And the person just hangs up. Right. So now she doesn't know, wait, does Cole know where I am? Should I be worried about this? Luckily, some yeah. other things are going to happen where she can't even think about that right now. Yeah, that's like the least of her worries, I'm sure, by the end yeah. of this. 
Um, and so uh, the next day, Malcolm stops by to collect the food scraps to go compost them, I guess. And luckily, you know, now Greta could be like, what the fuck was that? Why is there a doll? You know, like, now that they're not here, could you please be honest with me, you know? Yes. And so Mal- Malcolm takes her to see Brahms. The real Brahms is um, Gravestone. And he was born in 1983, and he died in 1991 in a house fire on his eighth birthday. And you, when you see a full shot of the house, you see that the top, the attic level, it has, still has burns on it, and the windows are just boarded up. Like, they okay. never fixed it. Which I guess is, like, the analogy for, like, instead of dealing with their grief, it, they now have a doll. Yeah. But also, like, <clears throat> him being born in 1983 still doesn't fully track age-wise for me with these people. They seem much old. Like, I was born in 19— Well, I guess now Allison, my parents are in their how 70s. old are your parents? They're in their 70s. Shit. I, I, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We're old. I think that's the thing. Oh, yeah. God. That's the scariest part of this whole movie is the acknowledgement of time passing. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess, but unfortunately, so, you know, Malcolm says, like, the doll showed up soon after that, and they've lived with this doll for, at this point, when the com- was com- movie has come out, I think it's, like, 20 years. Right. Yeah. And only recently they've decided to look for a nanny, which is, like, kind of a good thing, where it's like, well, you're you're not pretending it's not your son, but at least you feel like you should get out of the house, you know? Yeah, these people do need, like, uh, some time away from that home, I think. Yeah, so Malcolm says, would you like to go out? Like, I'll take you out to the village and we, like, have a pint and, you know, whatever. And Greta's are like, yeah, you know, why not? And um, I would have been like, you're the only person I know here, so I don't know if I want to get into that so fast, but hey, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that does burn a bridge pretty quickly <laughs> if things fall apart. And so we have a lot of, like, moments where, like, she'll suddenly look in Brahms. Well, maybe he's, like, looking at her a little bit. And maybe he's propped up on his pillows where he wasn't there before. But again, she just misses that kind of stuff. Yeah. So she's getting ready for the date. She's like a coral dress. She's in the shower, and we see the POV of someone pretty short sneaking in and stealing the dress. And by the time she gets out of the shower and goes back to her room, not only is the dress gone, all of her drawers are open and her clothes are gone. So she's just (gasps) in a towel. He is playful. I say someone's being a very naughty Brahms. (laughs) He also, I guess, was peeping at her in the shower. Which is like... I mean, I guess for, like, a boy and his babysitter, it, like, is it tracks. But right, but when the boy is a doll, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's scary. I don't know. Like, I'd feel freaked out if a doll watched me shower. <laughs> I, I think it's weird. Because, Allison, <laughs> right? the reason— imagine, Just imagine that, like, the whole time— Like, you're just like, <laughs> I guess there's nothing wrong with this, but also there is. <laughs> I guess the— I mean, why it's so scary, and you're right, is because it begs the question, is the doll horny— like, why would the doll do that? Like, does I the doll assume. have a burgeoning sexuality that it's, like, like, awakening to? But, like, dolls don't have genitals, usually. So, like, is but it they, just, like... But they can have hormones. I, you know, please let us please let us know your thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, right into the pod. Are dolls horny? So, now she's like, what the hell? And she looks out to the hallway in the attic door, like, one of those drop doors, like, from Hereditary, is now open and the ladder is out. Okay. Oh. Great. So Greta says, Malcolm, is that you? It's like, if it's Malcolm, then Malcolm has gone insane and you should get out of that house anyway. That's not better than if it's Brahms, you know? Right. Like, before your first date, he came over, snuck in, watched you shower, stole all your clothes, <laughs> and climbed into the attic of this house. <laughs> right. Greta, that is a deal breaker. <laughs> She's like, yeah, let's get a pipe. <laughs> so, of course, she does what everyone does in a horror movie, which is she goes into the attic. She's wearing a towel and has no shoes no. on because I guess their shoes are also been stolen. Suddenly, the attic ladder folds up and the door slams. And while she's in the attic? While she's in the attic. So she's mm-hmm. stuck there. And just then, mm-hmm. Malcolm arrives. So we know it wasn't Malcolm. And he's waiting in the car, and she's yelling, but he can't hear her. Is this the part of the house that's burned and boarded yes. up? Oh, yeah. okay. So finally, he drives away. Because I guess he thought, okay, she's blowing me off. I don't know. She didn't come out. I would try to do a little more investigating. But apparently, no one has a cell phone. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no way to, like, find out anything about anything. Yeah. The rules of this movie were, like, set up for you to not be able to be like, why didn't she just call him? It's like, she can't. Why didn't she? You know, it's it's. they did a good exactly. job, like, airtight making this so that, like, she has to continue on this horny yes. doll journey. Yeah, and that's actually, like, why, I mean, like, I think people, like, kind of goof on the on the the boy because that doll looks like Jared Kushner, but it is well-composed. You know, like, every time you're like, okay, then you're like, okay, well, I guess even if she had a cell phone, she was she has, was showering. She doesn't have it with her. Yeah, it does seem like they've done all, because, like, there's other movies that we've talked about where it's like, 
Yeah, why did it? They just do like there's a yes. very obvious thing that could have been done that they mm-hmm. didn't like seal off in the film, but then this feels like very controlled. So good for them. And and we've now arrived at the part of the episode where I have to ask, okay, she's trapped in an attic without shoes or underwear or clothes in a towel, and she cannot get out. Allison, what would you do? What would you do? Provided you can't, like, you know, get out via the ladder. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, closed up. I might try and break a window and scream. Well, she did try to get it open while Malcolm was there, mm-hmm. and she wasn't able to. Right, okay. But, like, so now you're in the attic. I think I would, tr- even if the windows are boarded up, like, I would try and just, like, get that towel wrapped around me tight and just, like, pull a board off and just, like, start screaming. Right, and also find yeah. something in the attic that can be a weapon yes. if I need it to be. Yeah, that would be my number one. Get something some, in the attic. I'm, I'm like, you know, if there's a fireplace poker up there, like, what, you know, whatever random attic crap she can gather. While she's in the attic, Greta turns and sees what appears to be the figure of a man. And classically, she screams, falls backward, hits her head, and knocks herself unconscious. I mean, obviously. She wakes up in the morning and she looks, and the figure of the man was just like a coat hanging on a hook. We've all been there. Listen. Yeah, who doesn't just hang things to look like people in their home? The attic door, however, is now open, and she's able to escape. And when she goes back into her room, all of her clothes have been put back. Oh. She calls Malcolm over to be like, what the hell happened? And Malcolm's like, what kind of girl goes into someone's attic? Which, again, we're we're missing the forest for the trees here, people. Yes, yes, yes. He seems not bright. Um, I, I think they both are, are approaching a level of denial that is, is um, it's tough. But, you know, maybe yeah, these right. are just, this happens to these people. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it wouldn't yes. happen to us or our, our extremely smart listeners. You have to be a little more credible in order to find yourself in a situation where you're living in a house with a doll. Yes. So, but we see, like, they're looking at the attic door and we realize there's, like, a hair trigger. So, like, maybe the attic door did just pop up after her. Yeah. It doesn't explain the clothes. But, you know— No, um, but, you know, you could be like, I don't know, was she drunk? Like, there, you know, there's always, like— Yeah, Melk says, like, you know, I used to ways. sleepwalk as a kid, and, like, I would move stuff around, you know? Right. And so now, but Greta's sort of picked up on something that something is going on. So she yes. says, you know, tell me about Brahms. What was he like? You know, like what kind of person? And Malcolm says, well, there were kind of two schools of thought about Brahms. One is that he was a lovely lad, and the other that he wasn't lovely lad, lovely lad at all. He was downright strange. That tracks. We're so we're saying that even in life, even as a child, Brahms is always already a strange boy. And his own father once told Malcolm when he was drunk that the real Brahms in life was odd, mm. which is a weird thing to say about your, you know, school-age child. Yeah. And I, we see that Brahms is listening to this conversation, and I guess he feels bad, unclear. I, I, I guess, like, he's like, you're shit-talking me? Like, I'm right, right. here. <laughs> and Malcolm asks Greta, do you want me to stay in the house with you? And she says, no, inexplicable. Okay, like, that's, okay, she's an idiot. Yeah. I would be like, I need as many people in this house with me as possible. Like, nonstop, like, other people around. Completely. So Greta calls her sister Sandy to be like, wow, could you believe this happened? Sandy wisely says, did you consider that Malcolm may have been the person doing this? Like, he's the only person there. Like, what if he's fucking you? Also, by the way, your abusive ex, Cole, came to my house and my son didn't, like, because he's a child, he fucked up and gave him the address where you are at right now. Oh, good. Good, 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 good. So not only did somebody break in and steal her clothes and fuck up, fuck with her, her abusive ex now know, knows, knows where she's staying. Yeah. Again, leave. To me, it's like, if you weren't going to leave that na- before, you got to leave now. Right. What do you think is going to happen if you leave? Like, these people are going to be like, we're not going to recommend you on the nannying site we found you on. Like, just get out of that house. Exactly. And so uh, in the morning, she wakes up, to, again, to the sound of children's laughter. The second time we've heard children's laughter. Nothing is scarier than children's laughter. Yeah. Uh, and she period. walks into Brahms's room, and he's sitting upright on his bed next to the list of rules that the Hilshers left about Brahms. The Brahms rules are mm-hmm. no guess. She's already violated that. Malcolm over. Does Malcolm count, though? I mean, he's the grocer. Okay, so we'll give her that. She has not had guess. I, I, you know, just benefit of the doubt. You're right, no, He's He's probably family. When you're here, you're family. Yeah. When you're in Brahms' house, your family. <laughs> so, okay, so no guests. She's fine. Never leave Brahms alone. Okay, she, I think she, yeah, she's done that. Save meals in the freezer. Well, that's just smart. <laughs> Never cover Brahms' face. 
We saw her literally she's already violated that. Read him a bedtime story. Play music loud. Clean the rat traps. Only Malcolm brings deliveries. Okay, so Malcolm is allowed. Okay. Brahms is never to leave the house. And 10, kiss goodnight. Brahms, <gasps> but a little kiss goodnight. No, don't kiss the doll. So obviously she freaks out and runs into a room and locks the door, and she gets a phone call. And of course picks up, because what, of course you're going to pick up. And she hears a little boy's voice that says, And she sees that someone, Brahms, is walking outside her door. Like we don't, like it's like we see reflected on the wood that little, somebody's walking outside. So reasonably freaked out at this point, Greta shakingly opens her door and looks down and there is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that presumably Brahms has made. Which is a nice gesture. And this is when Greta realizes, <laughs> holy shit, Brahms is actually alive. I mean, clearly. Luckily, he can't, like, kick in a door or anything, but, like, he got a knife out to make that PB&J. So, to me, I'm like, but she finds it so fantastical and amazing, which it is. I would be in real it, life, yes. Look, yes, it absolutely is, but also everything that's been happening has led to this, like, not being that surprising. Like, it's yes. it's shocking as a concept, but, like, it's all there. <laughs> to me, this is the same as, like, when people are, like, ghost hunters or, like, I want to go in a haunted house, and it's, like, okay, but that's presuming that, like, the ghosts aren't going to be able to just, like, rip your ass up. Right. It's, like, why invite trouble? And Greta is, like, exactly. now will I invite trouble, I am now going to treat Brahms like a real boy. So she is now following the rules. Yes. To yeah, see, she better. Exactly, to cultivate a relationship with Brahms. Cut to Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Hilscher um, composing a letter on their seaside vacation. It says, Dearest son... Words cannot describe our heartbreak as we leave you now. We will not be back. We simply <gasps> cannot bear to live with what we have allowed you to become. The girl is yours now. She is yours to love and care for. God forgive us all. Always, mommy and daddy. That is shocking. Allison, we then see them in like a fabulous trench. Great, like I mean, they're rich. You know what I mean? They got yeah. great, great over yeah, yeah. overwear. They put rocks into their pocket and they both walk oh. into the sea and drown. Wow. That is a left turn that I wasn't expecting. So they put it in the mail and they, uh, I guess before they died, they put it in the mail and uh, sent it to Brahms, I suppose. I don't like, know. Do they think that he gets the mail? Like, <laughs> I, well, I think he's going to get a whole lot more than a mail. He's about to get crazy <laughs> up in here. So, you know, now Greta's like, oh my God, like I, I'm experiencing some sort of supernatural phenomenon. Like this is the first time this, I, anyone's been able to prove this, you know? So he's dressing him and changing him or whatever. And she calls Malcolm the house and says, Brahms is alive and I can prove it. And Malcolm is like, oh boy, I guess it's probably for the best we didn't go out because things have taken a yeah, turn this here. this is a real bullet dodged on his end. However, he comes to the house and she's devised this test where she puts Brahms on the ground and then she draws like a chalk outline. Mm -hmm. Closes the door. Not, goes into the hallway, knocks on the wall, and when she comes back in, okay, when they do it the first time, Brahms hasn't moved, and Greta's right, very disappointed. But they do it again the second time. They knock on the door, they both walk into the room. Brahms is not only out of the circle, he's sitting on a goddamn radiator. Mm. So they're now they're both like, what the hell is going on? And Greta explains to Malcolm, like, I think that I was, like, called here or, like, I was destined to come here. It tells this very sad story where, essentially, she lost a child, too. So she really relates to the Hilshers. Okay. And the reason she lost a child is that her abusive ex, Cole, essentially physically abused her so much she miscarried. Okay. And so okay. that is, I think, the, the, the situation that precipitated her finally leaving. Yes. And so as a result, she was grieving this lost child, and she thinks, this is, I'm connected to their experience, so, like, if this is supernatural, like, I was supposed to come here. Like, I'm supposed to then, like, take care of this child and, like, have this incredible experience. She has made a 180. I mean, yes, this, from, like, covering it with a blanket and drinking wine and reading magazines to being, like, this is the child I was meant to care for, and, and it's I alive. Guess, yes, and I guess like I, this is how I have to think about like people who are ghost hunters or whatever. Where it's like to me, I'd be like, if that, I don't believe that's true. But if it is, I'm not going to be looking for him. No, but there are people where like this is the ultimate proof of like the afterlife or of God or of existence beyond our understanding, 
or like reason. So yeah. I guess for her, this is like so compelling to be like, oh, it's a child that has died and and my child died. So uh, this is me taking care of it. Sometimes yes. my child yes. in a way that that um, was taken from me. Yeah, now she's just like them. Malcolm, the- however, isn't so sure. And he tells her, I should have told you this before, but I didn't want to scare you off. Malcolm, what are you talking about? You always, if, if you have something like that in your, in your mind, just tell the person. Yeah, that's not something where you're like, mm, I'll wait for like a rainy day. And Malcolm then tells her that... A little girl from town used to come out here once a week to play with Brahms. Emily Cripps. And on his birthday, she comes out and never makes it home. They finally found her body in the woods. Her skull had been crushed. And so the police were coming to the Hillshires to talk to Brahms. He's a child, but like, you know, to be like, what happened? By the time they get there... The Hillshires had found out that the police were coming and had set the fire. The, the fire, their house was on fire, but the implication was that they had set the fire. Oh, that because they, they did knew it. that Brahms not only had done it, but that was some was evil. Yeah. The fact that they now have Brahms in doll form, I guess things didn't really pan out the way they wanted to. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. I'm just going to see kind of what gets answered here. But Malcolm says, so if there is a spirit in that doll, I don't know if it's a good spirit. Like, I think that this Brahms wasn't a good kid. And Greta says, I know Brahms wouldn't hurt me. I'm staying. I mean, girl. I, you know, people who claim to have any knowledge or, or control over the supernatural stuff, God bless. But you are walking into a world of hurt. Yeah, there's just <laughs> no way that you're going to be, fa- like, it, you can't control it. The next day, Greta's checking all the rat traps, and she has Brahms in, like, a little raincoat, which is cute. I do like a raincoat on a child. And so she wa- walks back in, and she hears somebody playing pool in the billiards room. So she walks in thinking, oh, Malcolm came by. She walks in. It is her ex, Cole. <gasps> he has found out where she is. I mean, we knew she had the, yeah. he had the address, and he has that showed up. And he said, I have a plane ticket, and you will be coming back to America with me tomorrow. And Greta's like, I... I'm not going to do that. I don't know why you're here. Obviously terrified. Right. Luckily, That's so scary. Luckily, Malcolm shows up at a certain point and is right. like, um, here, come with me to the kitchen. We have to look over the inventory list, you know, and try to get yeah. try to get her way. And she says to, and the same thing, her judgment's bad about Brahms and same with Cole. And listen, I've never been in, I've never been in either situation, but girl, he showed up. You got to get in that car and just leave. Yeah, just go. Grab, I mean, grab Brahms. Like, bring him with you if yeah, you exactly. must. Yeah, bring Brahms. I guess technically Bra- he's not allowed to leave the house, but I think, you you know, there's a little I think in this here. circumstance, you would be able to be like, it's the safest thing I can do. I don't know who you're even explaining that to anymore. The parents are dead. <laughs> right, the horror council, <laughs> horror movie council. And so Malcolm says, well, what if, I'm not going to, like, leave you here with him. What if he attacks you? And Greta says, he won't trust me. What are you talking? Oh, what are you what? talking about? We, we no. know you know that he is physically abusive. Yes, I. That's a luckily bummer. Malcolm isn't a complete idiot. So Malcolm just goes and like essentially falls asleep in his car. Like he's just going to stay there all night. Yeah. You know? that, okay. Good for him for being the only adult in the room. And so um, Greta uh, comes to Cole and gives him like blankets to sleep on the couch. And Cole's like, "You're coming tomorrow." Greta's like, "I I can't." So we're at a stalemate. But he tells her, in the morning, you better be packed and ready to go. And Brahms has seen all of this. Brahms has okay, seen this great. exchange. And they have also violated the rule, no guess. Oh. But she's not in control. Like, he can't be mad at her. Like, Well, I, I mean, I'm know, sure Brahms he is. is a complicated man. Yeah, a complicated boy doll. And so in the middle of the night, Cole wakes up on the couch with blood dripping on his face. And Allison, we've come to that point of the episode, who will survive? survive. I want Greta to survive mm-hmm. with Brahms. <laughs> I want doll Brahms. I think that doll Brahms makes it. You're okay. You're in, you're in uh, Brahms's camp at this point. Yeah. I'm like on his side somehow. I don't know. How, right. I guess like Cole showing up made me really, uh, and like her, her kind of reveal about her miscarriage and this being a connection. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I want this for you. Maybe you're the next gent. Like you take over this doll as its caretaker, right? And that like works for you. You know, I, I don't guess know. it's sort of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So it's like yes. Brahms is scary, but now Cole's here, right? So, so like if yeah. Brahms hates Cole, then that's a win for Greta. 
Beyonce, Katanji Brown Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, the Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the SheCommerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life maybe that's yourself, to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. Hi, I'm Erin Ryan, a writer and host of the podcast Hysteria. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff and also a host of Hysteria. And this week, we were asked to talk about Women's History Month. And on behalf of women everywhere, okay, fine. Our show, Hysteria, is about the way news and culture impacts women in America every week of the year. From the latest on reproductive rights to the ways pop culture handles women's stories. And not just because it's March, okay? We exist the other 11 months of the year, too. What? Don't... (laughs) Uh, You heard it here first. Don't even get us started on our exclusive YouTube series, This Fucking Guy, where we try to figure out how the worst people in America got to be so awful. So if you're looking for a pod that's by the ladies and for everyone, make sure to subscribe to Hysteria wherever you get your podcasts. So so Cole wakes up and he's screaming and Greta bolts up and she looks and Brahms is out of the bed. And she's like, oh, shit, Brahms is loose in the house. So she runs down, and Malcolm hears her screaming. He runs in. Cole's screaming, and his um, luggage is filled with dead rats. Ugh. And the blood is dripping from, written in rat blood on the above <sighs> him on the wall. It says, get out. And he's like, I know that you did this, Greta. I know you did this, Malcolm. And it's like, if they had done it, bitch, then you should leave. Like, you were a piece of shit. Yeah, why would you want someone to, like, come live with you who, like, has no problem filling your luggage with dead rats and writing and rat blood on the wall. Like, that's not a partner. Exactly. Even if you're abused. Like, ooh. Right, yeah, like, read the room, dude. And the room yeah. is full of dead rats. And it's also full of Brahms. Brahms is sitting there looking, watching all this, you know? <laughs> okay, your face is very Brahms right <laughs> my, my, my dead, blank Brahms face. <laughs> and, and so Greta is sort of intimating, like, Oh, Brahms, why would you do this? And Cole says, you think that doll did it? And he picks up Brahms and he smashes Brahms' <gasps> porcelain head against a chair. Oh, His no. head explodes. Brahms, now I feel bad for Brahms. Well, suddenly, <laughs> as soon as this happens, happen? they hear some sort of running in the walls of the house. Hmm. And they hear sort of a rumbling, and Cole looks at it. Where he, it's like a full-length mirror, and Cole sort of puts his ear to the mirror, and suddenly the mirror explodes into the room. And crawling out of the wall is the actual Brobs, who is still alive. Making him what, like 30-something? I was born in 1983. I should know the answer to that. Yeah, he's your exact age, girl. (laughs) He's wearing a porcelain mask. (gasps) What? So we're to understand that he survived the fire. And has been living in the walls of the house, disfigured by the fire, or, you know, injured by the fire. Oh, okay. And that Brahms is sort of his avatar, so his parents take care of it. Now, Greta's been taking care of it while he watches from the walls. And so, like, does he eat rats? I don't know. I don't—I think he Or are the rats, like, the explanation for hearing him kind of, like, fumbling around back there? That's what I think. I also think that the rats were getting in the walls and that yeah. they were trying to keep them from getting in the walls specifically because Brahms to lives save in them. Brahms. Okay. Yes. Oh, so, yeah, Brahms. the parents knew that Brahms was still alive. He's now an adult man and kind of like jacked. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, he's had nothing but time to just like walk around and work out and not like eat a lot, probably. So, right. He doesn't have a lot of stuff on the go. He's just kind of got the, the doll thing going on. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like a lot to focus on, but good for him. And his punishment for shattering the doll's head. The real Brahms picks up a piece of glass and stabs Cole in the neck. Ah, uh, so violent and bloody. So Cole is dead. And now Greta and Malcolm are just running through this house trying to get away from Brahms. Because our understanding is that Brahms wants to kill Malcolm, but he wants to keep Greta. Like, he wants mm-hmm. her to be his mommy, lover, nanny Ugh. person, you know? yeah. Yeah. No judgment, you know? Hey, everyone's got yeah. their thing. Live your life. But now we suddenly no realize it's not a haunted doll. It is an adult man that is clearly insane living in the walls of this home. 
Wow. Not what I expected. Right. And that's what's great about the twist is that it is a real twist. That is a fun, real twist. But because Brahms knows this house inside and out, eventually they have to, like, get into the walls to try to, like, subvert him chasing them. Because, like, he could just cut through every room. So then it's like, okay, we have to go in the walls. And we go, they go up to a different part of the attic and they find his little apartment. Which, I don't know, I'm like, Brahms, just live in your parents' house. Like, they have plenty of bedrooms. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, why did he have to live in the walls? Uh, listen, people make choices. You know, you, yeah. you have to let people show you who they are. And yeah, in this case, right. Brahms just shows everyone that he is a homicidal maniac. And so Greta finds, like, that coral dress that disappeared. He has made, like, a mannequin of her with a oh, wig. And yes, I'm like, Where's, where do you get the wig? Yeah, well, I don't the, know. Like, ugh, yeah. So finally, they are able to escape. And, um, or they're about to escape. And Greta Malcolm and, and Malcolm. Okay. Malcolm essentially is, uh, sacrifices himself to stop Brahms, and she's able to get out. Okay. So he, uh, Brahms is beating Malcolm, and Greta is able to escape, and she makes it all the way to the front gate. Before she says, no, I have to go back and save Malcolm. Bitch, no, I'm like, run no. to a house and call the cops. There's yeah. got to be some house here that has a phone. Yeah, you, ha- you have to be able. And like, Also, like, isn't his car there? Can't you just take his car? Yes. I guess maybe he has a keys. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So she goes back. She goes into the front door of the house, and she gets, like, a screwdriver out of the junk drawer. Like, oh, okay, God. great. Right. Could have got, got a knife in the kitchen. Right. And she goes to confront Brahms, and she <gasps> tells him. Brahms. Because we realize that Malcolm is barely alive, but he's still alive. Right. It's like, I came back for you, Brahms. I won't ever leave you. And now it's time for bed. You know the rules, Brahms. So she starts to, like, talk sternly to him. And I guess that's his, like, kink or whatever. I don't know. It's like, so he gets into bed. (laughs) And he, she, like, tucks him in. But, of course, Allison, what's the last rule on the list? You have to kiss him goodnight? Kiss goodnight. And Brahms says in this terrified, like, doll voice. Oh, Oh, yeah. What's his voice? He sort of vacillates between like a doll voice and then like an adult man screaming. So when he, so while <laughs> so he's scary. in bed, it's so it's so great. He says, "Keys." <gasps> no. <laughs> he says it right. Keys. And Greta has to lean down and kiss him on. He still has that porcelain mask. I was gonna on. say, is she kissing the porcelain mask? Yeah. Okay. And he kisses the porcelain mask and stabs him in the stomach with the. Screwdriver. Okay. And he he literally is so freakishly strong, he throws her up against the wall and starts choking her. But luckily, she's able to, like, twist the screwdriver in his and just kind of abdomen. Go for it. And he collapses to the ground. His mask breaks, and he sees, like, that he's, like, horribly scarred from the mm-hmm. fire. And she's able to get Malcolm, who is barely alive, and they get to his car, and they speed away. And unfortunately, we see the last shot of the movie is Brahms in the attic fixing the doll's face, like, gluing it back together. So we know Brahms is not dead. He lives. Brahms lives. Allison, I had forgotten the segment because I don't know anything about nothing. You know. We used to do a segment that was for a little bit about, like, what is the moral of the movie? Yes, I have definitely asked this about other movies. And so I would like you to, we could both ruminate this, but what do you think Mm -hmm. the moral of the boy is? Wow, okay. I mean, it's got to be a little bit about, like, confronting things that happen. Like, these parents should not have just been like, oh, our son is an evil, terrifying, murderous child. Why don't we burn him in our house? Like, instead, you should take him to a hospital Mm -hmm. and, like, deal with it that, like, acknowledge it instead of being like, nothing ever happened. Here's our tiny doll, Brahms. Yes. Deal with your grief rather than project it onto a doll, which is also sort of what Greta was doing, too. It's like, Mm -hmm. instead of dealing with her own grief about the loss of her, her pregnancy... She's like, oh, it actually, it was that, it, uh, now there's a doll that's alive, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think that that would be the moral here. I think the moral for me is never trust your own instincts. And mm-hmm. I have, like, feelings about, like, the self-help industry in general. Yes. But I think to have a blanket, like, when people say, like, just trust your in- instincts, it, it ignores the fact that a lot of people have very bad instincts. Most people have terrible instincts. Depending on the situation, especially a situation you've never been in before, like Greta, I just think, like, just because you have the instinct that this doll's alive and you have to take care of it, I think you really got to be questioning what, your own motivations, your own assumptions all the time. Yes. And what would you say were some fatal mistakes in the movie? Fatal mistakes. Going to a job without all of the information, and if you find information that, like, doesn't jive with what you want, mm-hmm. like, you can leave. Like, that's... 
Like, yeah, there are I, other jobs. No, I guess number one, don't be a nanny. But like number two, mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't really have a lot of info. Like you don't know that these people are going to go off and kill themselves and leave you with this like haunted exactly. doll slash alive person. But like you right. get there and you're like, oh, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no TV. It's a doll, not a child. There's a list of weird rules. And like, I don't even have a car. I'd be like, this isn't really... I doubt that's how <laughs> it was. This doesn't exp- work for me. This doesn't work for me and my journey, but I doubt that's how it would have been explained like in a Craigslist ad, you know? So yes. it's like you get there and that's the setup. It's like, okay, I'm out. Like, just leave. Yeah, I was just imagining a version of this where it's the nanny with Fran Drescher, mm, but it's that would for be the fun. boy. And then I was trying, I, I really like the idea of like the boy was like his, Rob's avatar out in the world. So okay. I was thinking like, what would be like our thing out in the world. Like, if I was living in the walls and wanted to spy on something that people interact with, what would it be? And I was saying, I think it would be a a half-full bag, like a sharing bag of peanut butter (gasps) M&Ms. The one that zips up top? Yeah, because I feel Mm -hmm. like that represents me on a lot of different levels. And also, I like the idea that people would be snacking on me. That's nice. And also that they'd be, like, happy with that snack. Everybody would be like, you know what? I know I say I like peanut, but I actually like peanut butter more. It's peanut butter. Peanut butter butter is the answer. Like, I love a peanut M&M, but, like, a peanut butter M&M, that's when I know I'm having a treat. Exactly. I think mine is probably a house plant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, stays in one place. But also alive. Again, I, I don't want to keep referencing this, but the, the time you bought a $300 cactus and it immediately died <laughs> comes to mind. Yes. It's that yes. cactus. I'm an expensive cactus in a terracotta pot that uh, dies instantly, but you have to keep it in your house, which I did for a while because I was like, then I eventually had to pull it out because I was like, I don't know about the concept of spores and like, yeah. indi- like I was like, I got to get this thing out of here. That's a horror movie in itself, just the concept of spores. The concept of spores <laughs> coming in 2022. And then finally, our final segment, we're going to rate the boy on the spooky scale. A spooky scale. So we always rate this again. It's the scale of, yes. is the movie, did we find it spooky? Not, was it a good movie? I'm going to, throw this one an eight. An eight? Oh, you thought it was very spooky. I mean, doll stuff is spooky. Yeah. Like, it, do, the doll is scarier than if there had been, like, you know, an evil, weird child from the beginning. Right. To yeah. me. Like, inanimate objects, and then you're like, what's happening? Um, also, like, that's a pretty, like, wild twist. Right. And it seemed kind of violent towards the end and, like, pretty bloody. So I'm going to say eight. Um, I'm going to give this a three because for me, I had had the opposite where I find dolls and they kind of undercut the scariness to me Mm -hmm. because I know that they probably can't kill me. But I did really enjoy it. And I remember seeing this and being like, oh, whatever. And I rewatched it. I'm like, I enjoy it more now than when I first saw it. So yeah, three, but like, again, uh, three in terms of spookiness, eight in terms of my enjoyment of this. Yeah. It seems like a fun one. Yeah. Again, I don't want to watch it, but it seems very fun. (laughs) Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for explaining this movie to me, Hallie. And uh, anytime. And if you remember, if you play this podcast for your uh, haunted doll, oh, just yeah. turn it up really loud so the, the person in the walls can hear it. Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure that all of the evil entities in your home have access to this podcast. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. 